The bat signals are coming out again from Miami Hurricane staffers on this fine Monday morning. So is it another false alarm or are the Canes finally about to land some more transfer portal commits? You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricane, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Welcome to the Everydayers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So we start to get those gifts. We call them bat signals, those hints that Miami staffers, coaches, and recruiting analysts start to throw out there when they're trying to tell you, hey, guys, we could be landing some commits pretty soon. Uh, Even Coach Field, who heads up that recruiting office, threw out a bat signal this morning. But people are starting to get impatient, right? Because in recent days, You've seen some of these hints come out, uh, like when Coach Cooney the other day put out that Captain Kirk gif, um, you know, which obviously seems to be a not so subtle hint that good news could be coming with Shamar Kirk, the Juco wide receiver. But, you know, we haven't converted any of those into commits just yet. So people are getting a little bit impatient. We get this question from Scotty in our subtext community. He says, hey, we were told commits were coming. Did we swing and miss again? Scotty, I hope not, uh, and I don't think so. Um, Now, I just mentioned a name, Shamar Kirk. I feel very good about Kirk, the Juco wide receiver. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, though, today or tomorrow because Shamar Kirk does have his announcement scheduled for May 13th, so I think we're going to find out about him on Saturday. May 13th is an important day for him. That's the day he graduates from Reedley College with his associate's degree, so he probably wanted to do a one chapter closes, another opens type of thing and schedule his announcement for that date. So I feel pretty good about him becoming a cane, but I don't think unless he's decided to accelerate an announcement, I don't expect to hear from Shamar Kirk just yet, not until the weekend. But again, there are bat signals coming out and there are tips coming to me and I take these very seriously, that not just one, but several commits from the transfer portal are coming soon. The word wave has been used. As of right now, the players that I feel best about Miami landing within the next couple of days are Ole Miss defensive tackle Tywone Malone. The signaling is very positive there from Malone that he could end up being a hurricane. He, among many others, just visited this past weekend at the U. I also feel very good about Louisiana Tech defensive tackle Keevy Rose, who I think is very underrated because he had a super productive last couple of seasons at Louisiana Tech, first team all-conference. And I also feel very good about Juco interior offensive lineman Amari Wiggins. I expect... All three of them are going to choose Miami, and if that does come to pass, that's probably one of Miami's, probably why I should say one of Miami's recruiting staffers actually tweeted out a gif of a very large wave on Monday morning, like the type of wave you would see people surfing on in Maui or something. I've never surfed before, so I 
I don't know if that's where the biggest waves are, but think about like a huge Hawaiian wave coming in. That's what one of Miami staffers tweeted out this morning. And, you know, if you can hopefully land all three of those players during the week, and then um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Shamar Kirk this weekend. But if you can land, let's start with Malone and Rose at defensive tackle. If you can land both of them, Mario Cristobal, Jason Taylor, and Joe Salavea will deserve a ton of credit because, guys, if you can instantly add those two to your rotation and both of them would have an opportunity to earn a starting job, you basically will instantly turn your defensive tackle rotation from a weakness into a strength. Like, you would no longer, because, you know, and I like some of Miami's defensive tackles a lot. Leonard Taylor. Stud, we're going to talk more about him uh, a little bit later on in this episode because somebody asked me a question about him. You know, I, I like Jared Harrison Hunt. I think Ahmad Moten has a lot of potential. You know, you've got a lot of experience from Jake Lichtenstein, who's going to be part of that defensive tackle rotation this year. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, you know, you added Branson Dean and Thomas Gore, but not a whole lot of top line depth there. If you can add Kiwi Rose and Tywone Malone, you're going to start looking at Miami's defensive tackle rotation and just saying, really good. Yes, that could be a strength of the team. Um, and then if you can also add Amari Wiggins, the interior offensive lineman, and I know we've said it on this show that Miami's offensive line is in pretty good shape and they look dramatically better than they looked last year. There still are some depth issues in the interior. I think we saw that in the spring game. I think we saw that when both your starting guards were out in the spring game, things didn't look that cohesive. So if you can add Amari Wiggins, who's a big interior offensive lineman, he's about 6'4", 3'10", 3'15", he can provide solid depth at either guard spot or at center. He can be one of those next guys up off the bench. And Cristobal and Mirabal, they like to rotate their offensive linemen quite a bit. Um, we've, you know, had a lot of, I think one of the reasons why we got that question from Scotty and why Hurricanes fans are a little bit frustrated that, Hey, how come these commits were supposed to be dropping last several days? All these guys were supposed to be announcing Miami. Where's it coming from? You know, there have been a lot of internet insiders dropping portal gifts and clues Saturday, Sunday that made the fan base probably unfairly think, yeah, we're going to be getting commits last night, Saturday night. You know, sometimes when people guess on the timeline, and I'm not saying some of these internet insiders don't have good information. I, I know a lot of these guys personally, and they do have good information. But sometimes when we try to guess at the timeline and exactly when it's going to happen, that can screw up our expectations a little bit. So, of course, throughout the rest of today, Monday, I'm going to be waiting, watching, and hoping that one or two or three or four of these guys who visited announce their intentions to join the Miami Hurricanes. Just so you guys know, if you follow this stuff, usually when transfer commitments or recruiting commitments get announced, it usually happens in the evening around 7 p.m. So that's when your radar should really go up if nothing has happened before then throughout the day. And, you know, Miami, we're also waiting to hear more information on where Miami stands with other players who visited this past weekend. Nebraska running back A.J. Allen visited. Vanderbilt cornerback Jadeus Richard was on campus. North Texas linebacker Larry Nixon III was on campus. So maybe we'll find out more throughout the week about where Miami stands with some of these guys. 
So I want to remind you, uh, if you guys want to participate in the Q&A sessions on Locked on Canes, there's a number of different ways to do it, including Twitter at Locked on Canes. But if you want to get your question to the front of the line and if you want to have one-on-ones with me right through the service, I encourage you to join our subtext community. You become a Locked on Canes VIP. First 14 days, completely free. Uh, if you click the link in the show description below to join our subtext chat. And then if you want to opt in and stick around, it's $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of extra value there. One-on-ones, I drop at least five to ten messages to the entire group throughout the day, including recruiting, smoke, news, rumors. You know, once the season begins, I'll be at all the practices and reporting on everything, all that. So if you want to join our subtext community, you've got a link in the show description below. So we have a... Uh, a couple questions about the future of the running back position, which I find to be pretty interesting. And uh, a really good question from Kurt about what we think Mario Cristobal believes are the strengths and weaknesses of the Miami Hurricanes roster. We are only getting started here on a big portal edition of Locked on Canes. Oh, I'm going to have FanDuel fired up tonight. The NBA playoffs continue with my Miami Heat. Guys, you can make a fast break to FanDuel during these NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You have nothing to lose on that first bet. And if you've been betting on the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers throughout these playoffs, you've been making a lot of money. I love how at FanDuel, they've got great promotions every day. Uh, I love how easy it is to get paid instantly, and the app is safe and secure, which is a huge plus. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free. Everywhere you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, and we are available free on YouTube. And for the everydayers, we got a Truth Teller Tuesday with Bruce Warner coming up tomorrow. And we're also going to be joined uh, by a very good friend of Bruce's and hopefully a future friend of the show, former Miami Hurricanes defensive lineman Mark Caesar is going to be joining the show with Bruce and I tomorrow. So that's going to be a really, really good one for the everydayers to tune into. So let's get back to some of your questions, and you can always get your questions through to us if you join our subtext community, and you can tweet us as well. Um, we're very active on Twitter, at LockedOnCanes. And if you follow us, at LockedOnCanes, we will follow you back. How about that? We get a question from Todd B., who says, Hey, Dono, I'm starting to think this may be it for 2023, and we've had an amazing year recruiting, so let's convert and win. Looking forward to the future, he says, who are your biggest gets to go and get? And is there a star running back uh, that is a that guy of the future? Quote, unquote, that guy, because we need a breakaway player, he says. Keep up the great work and thank you. Well, thank you. Um, but first, I don't know what you meant by the first part. If you think that this is it for 2023, maybe. And this question came in last night. This was before all the that signals started dropping on Monday morning. So if you think this is it for the transfer portal, I don't think so. I think Miami lands probably three or four players uh, before they're done in the transfer portal for this cycle. So I don't think this is it. Uh, obviously, your recruiting class for 2023 is done. As we know, you're working on 2024 there. So let's dive into what you were talking about at running back. You use the quote-unquote that guy, like a 
featured stud running back. I think that guy at running back, there are two possibilities who are already on the roster. Trevante Citizen, if he can get fully healthy again from the knee, he is a that guy. He is a well-rounded, complete back. And Mark Fletcher, who's coming in as a true freshman from American Heritage, he's legit. He can be that guy. He's a complete back. He's got the size, the power, and the vision. He's got all the tools you need. He can also catch out of the backfield. You saw he had that really long touchdown catch on a deep ball in the Under Armour All-American game. So you know that Mark Fletcher can play, and I expect him to check off every box once he arrives on campus. So you've got a couple of options already for that guy. Uh, on uh, and, I, and this is taking nothing away from Miami's other running backs in the rotation because you've got some other really good specialists coming in. I just think as far as like the most complete backs, Citizen and Fletcher probably check off the most boxes. And then for recruiting for the future, class of 2024, someone Miami's going after. You know, the top guy on everybody's board in that class at running back, Jarrett Gibson from IMG Academy, five-star uh, he's visiting Miami on June 9th, so Texas is considered the leader and the favorite for him. So once he gets on campus in a few weeks at Miami, in about a month, we'll see if Miami can turn the tides a little bit more because you know Miami's got a good connection already with IMG Academy. Um, another player Miami is going after in the class of 2024, I'm not sleeping on three-star running back Kiwan Lacey out of the state of Texas. That's another one Miami's trying to recruit here. They are recruiting him. Uh, he released his finalists over the weekend, and Miami is on that list, along with the likes of Arizona State, Nebraska, TCU, and Ole Miss. Now, as of right now for Lacey, uh, the momentum is in Arizona State's favor because he just had an unofficial visit with them. I think it was either this past weekend or the weekend before, so they've been trending for him. I think it was the last weekend of April he was there. They've been trending for him Arizona State, but that could obviously change the more visits he takes. Now, Lacey, and I know three-star, but he could be a riser six-foot tall, 190 pounds. He's got room to grow even bigger and stronger, and his highlight reel is very enjoyable because this dude, he is a tackle-breaking machine. Really fun to watch, and I'm not sleeping on someone Miami already has verbally committed in the class of 2024, and that's Chris Wheatley Humphrey. Uh, he's really, really, really fast and talented. You know, he obviously reminds you quite a bit of Chris Johnson, who's already on the roster, but I still think their characteristics are different enough. They can complement one another, and he's a home run hitter. Uh, and, you know, I also like um, a transfer running back that Miami just had on campus this past week. We'll see if they can close the deal for this one. A.J. Allen out of Nebraska. Uh, he's got four years of eligibility remaining, so it's almost like a new recruit. So if you're going to take him, or if he even wants to be at Miami, but if he wants to be at Miami and you want to take him here, you kind of have to decide, like, is this guy – uh, as good or better than some of the 2024 players that we're recruiting because if we bring him on with four years of eligibility left is that going to discourage any of the backs in 2024 that we're recruiting so those are the types of considerations that have to come into play when you're going after somebody in the portal but who has most of their eligibility left because all he's used is his true freshman year which he was able to use his red shirt on so he's got four years of eligibility left we get a question from kurt who says what does Mario and the staff believe is the biggest strength and weakness of the team going into fall 
uh, practice. Um, I can only speculate on that, Kurt, because I don't I don't know if Mario has been like frank enough position by position. I know Mario, um, he's pretty high on the offensive lineman that Miami brought in class of 2023, and they they nailed it in the transfer portal. I mean, you brought in Javion Cohen, plug and play starting left guard, Matt Lee, plug and play starting center that raised the level of your offensive line. Um, so that, that's probably one of, but I think there are certain areas within the offensive line, um, that, that we've talked about, we will talk about that need addressing. And I think overall, like not even going position by position, I think Mario likes the fact that they're, they're kind of raising the competition level and, you know, these guys are are working a little bit harder than they were last year. And it's a little bit more competitive on green tree, but if I'm going to go position by position, Here's how I use my barometer on the biggest strengths and weaknesses on the team. I go by who they've been going after in the portal and what positions they've been going after. That, to me, tells the story. So they clearly, as they should, consider tight end to be a strength of the team because you don't see them going after portal tight ends. Offensive tackle is a strength of the team because the O-linemen that they've been going after are interior guys, right? Edge rusher. Clearly a strength of the team at this point. Um, you know, they're not going after quarterbacks in the portal. So they either feel like they have enough there for now, or maybe they don't like all of the options out there that they've been going after. And then of course, Tyler Van Dyke deciding to stay and not, you know, when, when Alabama was trying to tempt him and, and Van Dyke decided to remain a hurricane, which we really appreciate. Cause I think TVD is going to have a big year that took a lot of the emphasis away from a transfer portal need at quarterback. As far as the weaknesses go, uh, Miami has been very aggressively pursuing corners because uh, in Lance Guidry's defense and in a passing league, like the ACC, you can never have enough of those. Uh, you know, they did already land Jaden Davis and they've been going after uh, Judeus Richard from Vanderbilt. So they keep pursuing corners, um, you know, defensive tackle, obviously a position they've been pursuing heavily in the portal and outside receiver. So th- those you can probably consider to be and they're not necessarily weaknesses in saying, oh, they just don't have good players there. More weaknesses in terms of they don't have enough good players there. They don't have quite enough depth there. Those seem to be the positions they've been going after in the portal. Uh, speaking of defensive tackles, we get a question from that dude two three nine. He says, "I know some fans have a love hate relationship with Leonard Taylor. I love LT." He writes, "But does he not get enough credit? Two three defensive coordinators, uh, and he was not allowed on the field too much last year. So, do you think that was holding him back from putting it all together in a season?" Um, yeah. Okay. Let me give you stats to back up the fact that Leonard Taylor is underrated and he probably should be more appreciated by the fan base. Leonard Taylor, according to pro football focus was the sixth highest graded interior defensive lineman in the entire country with an overall grade of an excellent 87.3. And the stats also look really good for a guy who didn't play enough last year. Leonard Taylor had 24 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for a loss. Anytime you're in double digits on that, that's very good. Three sacks from the interior, six quarterback hurries, and an interception. Um, So his low snap count last year under Kevin Steele, I thought it was nonsensical, and that was one of the major things that I kind of questioned Coach Steele over. I thought he emphasized rotation way too much on the defensive line when sometimes you just need to let your best players cook. And hopefully this year, 
Um, and Taylor, by the way, he was dealing with uh, an injury during spring football. He's ready to go. Like he's he's healthy. He's going to be fine for fall camp. He's going to be fine for the season. So um, Lance Gidry and you know Miami's defensive line coaches, and I also I really like the coaching he's getting now. You know, when you add Jason Taylor into that mix, and I know JT primarily his specialty is on the edge, not on the interior. But believe me, he's working with all those guys on the defensive line. He is a defensive line coach, and he can help anyone from Leonard Taylor on outwards. So I, I think LT is going to have a big year. And I didn't like the low snap count last year. We got a question on future official visits. And a question on where Miami stands with one of those five-star defensive linemen we talk so much about. Not to mention, folks, uh, I've probably done Kane's hoops a disservice the last couple days, not talking about them enough. But Miami did land a very interesting and excellent player in the transfer portal on Sunday. So Kane's basketball just got a little bit better. And they took someone from Florida State in the process. We will talk about that and more on this episode of Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And if you can be so kind and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if that's what you use, we like to shout out those five-star reviews on the show. We did a couple of those shout outs a few days ago. Once more of those five star reviews on Apple Podcasts roll in, we will shout you guys out. So make sure to be nice. <laughs> make sure to leave us a five star. One star reviews will not be shouted out. Those will be swept under the rug. But five star reviews, those will get shouted out on the show. I can promise you that. Uh, get a question from David C. Who says, hey, are there any visits for this upcoming weekend unofficially or for transfer? So, um, you know, you could excuse my ignorance on this, but as far as like the weekend of, uh, of May 13th, 14th, I'm not aware of any unofficials this weekend because most of the transfer portal visits were, were wrapped up this past weekend because Miami wants their transfers to be committed before or by May 15th because – uh, May 15th is when classes start in the summer one session. And then May 17th, two, two days into that semester, is the absolute deadline to sign up and enroll for summer one. So uh, the big weekend for Miami was this past week. But if, if, I'm, if I'm overlooking any unofficial visitors this weekend of May 13th, you guys let me know. Because um, I start now. This, to me, is when I start to shift for the official visits that are coming up this summer. So the next big benchmark you have, is going to be the first weekend of June. On June 2nd, you've got four-star defensive lineman Camarion Franklin visiting, uh, among a few others, but that's the highlight. On June 9th, you've got five stars from IMG Academy, cornerback Ellis Robinson, running back Jarrett Gibson, both visiting. That's a huge weekend, and four-star tight end Kylan Fox out of the state of Georgia is also visiting on that same weekend. I'm not going to go through the entire June calendar with you guys, but there's a bunch of studs officially visiting in the month of June. And those first two weekends are really, really, really going to ramp things up. Uh, we get a question from 818 Cali Kane, who asks, how is recruiting going with five-star defensive tackle David Stone? Now Stone, um, he just actually made an unofficial visit to Florida that all the Gator fans are talking about. And so they're, and, and he's thinking about making an official visit there this summer. So the Gators are trying to join the likes of Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Miami in Stone's top tier. Stone 
is uh, he's also from IMG Academy. I can't remember if I mentioned that or not. Um, most of the momentum, though, still is for Stone to Oklahoma. The crystal balls and the on three predictions keep rolling into Stone to Oklahoma. Uh, he's from that area. He plays at IMG, but that's a boarding school. His family is from Oklahoma. Uh, the Sooners are considered pretty strong favorites at this point. Um, you know, it doesn't mean things cannot change over the next month or two in Miami's favor or in Florida's favor and Michigan State's favor. Uh, this is still game on for David Stone, but Oklahoma is by far trending the strongest right now. If you're looking at five-star defensive tackles, at the moment, Miami has a much better shot with five-star Justin Scott out of Chicago. They have been crystal balled for him, and there's been a lot of positive feedback on that one. So Miami seems to have a better chance with Scott than Stone at this moment. Get a question from Derek in Nashville. Because, yes, Miami did land Matthew Cleveland in the transfer portal from Florida State. Canes Hoops, welcome to the U! Matthew Cleveland. I can, I can forgive Cleveland for hitting that dagger, that buzzer beater where Florida State beat Miami. What was it, March last year before the tournament? Because Florida State didn't make the tournament. Miami made the Final Four. But Matthew Cleveland did hit that big-time shot to beat Miami in the return matchup between those two teams. So it's kind of funny now how, you know, he, he hit that dagger against Miami and now he's joining Miami because clearly he wants to be on the type of team that can get him deep into the NCAA tournament. Um, and so the question from Derek in Nashville is how does Matthew Cleveland compare to Jordan Miller? Miller was our MVP last year, in my opinion. Well, first of all, that's the ultimate comparison because, that's what everyone says with Cleveland, that he's got a Jordan Miller comp, similar body type, does all those same sorts of things that Jordan Miller did. It is worth pointing out that Matthew Cleveland was a much higher ranked recruit coming out of high school, former five-star recruit. So I think he's got a higher ceiling than Jordan Miller. So I like this move a lot. Similar build, similar skill set. Um, so yeah, listen, I think Miami's in really good shape. So Nigel Pack and North Chad Omier are both testing the NBA draft waters. Um, uh, you can declare and still come back to college when it comes to basketball. It's a little bit different than football. So I think when it's all said and done, I think Omir and Pack are both going to stay. And then Cleveland joining that core with those guys. Uh, I think Miami's going to be in good shape next year. So I'm very happy to have Matthew Cleveland at the University of Miami, even though he broke my heart with that buzzer beater back in March. I still, I welcome him to the U. Get a question from LL Cool Matt, who says, hey, my question is on Brian Ballum, the safety. Uh, two seasons ago, he was an underrated kid who we apparently couldn't keep out of the rotation. In fact, he was getting reps over some of the highly rated guys at times. Last year was quiet for him, but basically last year was quiet for the entire team. That's a good point. Has he regressed? Uh, LL Cool Matt asks. I know he was in the portal and then backed out. Is he expected to play this season? And if so, why is he never being discussed as part of the depth at safety? Um, I think part of that, you made a good point, kind of answered your own question. The fact that he got into the portal, and then decided to exit the portal and stay in Miami. I think he really came to like what Lance Guidry's defense has to offer in terms of opportunities. He probably likes the one-on-one -on -one type of coaching he gets from Guidry because Guidry is a safeties coach by trade. And every spring practice I was out to, I watched Guidry spending time specifically with that position group. 
Um, and I think Balam, uh, and I never, I, I feel like I say it wrong. Is it Balom or Balam? I should know that. <laughs> I've heard people say it the other way, but um, no, I, I think that uh, that he decided not to enter the portal because I think he saw there are opportunities in Miami. Uh, with that said, you know Miami's Miami safety rotation is not as bad as some people think. Uh, you know Cam Kinchins, of course, All American, All World. James Williams has that type of potential. You know he's got to put it all together on the field this year. Uh, Markeith Williams had a really good spring. Hopefully that can translate into consistency on the field as probably the next guy up. Uh, Ballum is in that mix, and Caleb Spencer is in that mix to get significant playing time. The true freshman early enrollee, that dude looks the part. Uh, big, strong, heavy hitter, quick learner. Um, you know, he seems to really be taken to that defense. So, you know, I, I think Miami has uh, – I'm cautiously optimistic that they've got a decent safety rotation. Now, safety recruiting for the future – is super, super important, and it's why Miami's really put an emphasis on recruiting that position uh, because, you know, you're very likely going to lose both Kinchins and James Williams uh, to the NFL draft next year. They're both eligible, and if they both have good seasons, like I think they can, especially Kinchins, you know, you, you could definitely be looking to fill a big-time void in 2024. So I appreciate that question. All right, got a couple of other questions did not have time for on this episode, so we will get to those in the future. Remember, follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCanes, and we will follow you back. And if you want the VIP treatment, make sure to subscribe to our exclusive subtext SMS service. I include the link in the show description below. If you want to try it out for 14 days completely free, you got nothing to lose. And then if you want to opt in after those 14 days, it's $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. And for the everydayers, we're going to be back tomorrow. And hell, we might even be back later today if commitments do drop. Because again, I like Miami's chances on some of these recent transfer portal visitors uh, I think we could see in the near future interior offensive lineman Amari Wiggins and defensive tackles Tywon Malone and Kiwi Rose could be future Canes. So we're going to keep our eyes on this stuff and we'll talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.